0: Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. want to uh, start exploring the theme for this evening, uh, which uh, I'm calling... Um, It's a line from Joseph Goldstein's uh, teachings. One of my favorite teachings of his not seeing dukkha is dukkha. Uh, And to start us off, um, Eve Decker will uh, offer a song. If you haven't been here before, Eve is a wonderful singer, songwriter, Dharma teacher uh, who often is giving the talk as well. Like she did last week when I, I wasn't here. So Eve, please.
1: Thank you, James. Hi, everybody. Nice to be here with you. The song that I chose for tonight is I Can See Clearly Now. Some of you know, it. please sing along. Um, The Buddha's teachings about the journey to freedom are that two crucial energies that we have to cultivate um, to deepen in well being and peace. One is compassion. And the other is is clarity, wisdom, penetrating what's going on here the main obstacle to well-being is ignorance ignorance is at the at the heart or at the root of the three energies that the buddha taught are the source of our suffering which are greed hatred and delusion underneath all of those is this very horrifying ignorance this but it's innocent you know we we don't even know we have it And so cultivating more and more clarity, um, more and more insight, more and more presence with life as it's actually unfolding in the here and now, which is the only place life ever is. So I can see clearly now. Again, please sing along if you like.
2: See clearly now, the rain is gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. Gone all the dark clouds that had me blind. It's gonna be a bright. Shiny day. It's gonna be a bright, bright, bright sunshiny day. I think I can make it now, the pain is gone. It's gonna be a bright, 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 sunshiny day It's gonna be a bright, 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 sunshiny
0: day Thanks Eve A <clears throat> um, week or so ago, I was um, meeting with somebody who I I love supporting in their practice, and they they were um, really. Uh, deeply disturbed and upset over something that uh, they did that happened. They were, uh, this is somebody who's been practicing uh, for a number of years and uh, been on month-long retreats um, and is dedicated to, to the Dharma and teaches as well. And they um, they had a, a difficult childhood and had uh, some real trauma in their uh, in their history from a very very early age, uh, and they've done such a beautiful job in um, in healing and getting real wisdom and being able to share it with others. But they had a um, an argument with their partner and were um so triggered that they lost themselves and they um they acted in a way that was deeply humbling they took their partners clothes and uh put it outside the door and said you know i don't know if i I don't see how we can continue this relationship and um really lost it and said some things that were were hurtful and their partner uh responded in kind and um and they left Um, and my friend asked to speak uh speak to me and was just so shaken because within a few hours they came back to their senses so to speak and they said what did i do i can't believe i could behave that way i didn't think it was still in me all of that confusion and pain and and then they really were giving themselves a A hard time for that of course and for the the hurt that they caused um as it turned out within mm, coming back to their senses and really um working on seeing the fact that they had gotten so triggered it was not this other person but something else that was happening and they um have gotten back uh together with their partner who also felt really badly about their part in the, in the whole unfolding and they're doing great. It's wonderful when that can happen, when there's a, a kind of healing sometimes uh, when, things, when people go through really hard stuff, uh, the healing makes it that much stronger. Oh, we can withstand this too. But it was um, it was a process of being forced to look at all of that pain and unconsciousness and unawareness and anger and fear and abandonment issues and all of those things that it seems like there's no end to sometimes when we look and see how we can uh, be triggered and uh, going through it 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 made me reflect on my own life times where I've lost my mind so to speak that's quite an expression you know oh I just lost my mind that's literally what happens I've lost my awareness and and it's been tracked that when somebody is triggered in a uh in an old trauma that their neocortex and their rational mind goes offline and so they're they're back in a place that they don't have any control over and it's so humbling when we see that we've lost our mind, and an, a button has been pressed that uh, we didn't realize we had the capacity for acting that way. Mm. There's a actually a term that uh, Paul Ekman, a wonderful uh, psychologist and uh, uh, read a real friend of the Dalai Lama's, they they wrote. Uh, Book together. I think destructive emotions was a lot out of uh, out of their um, their friendship, and Paul Ekman uh, coined this term refractory period, which is that period where you've been triggered and you've lost your mind, and things happen in that period that people can regret for the rest of their life when they are out of their minds there's many people i'd say uh probably a large percentage of the people in prison right now other than the uh, the ones who have committed crimes, there's a lot of people in prison, in prison who haven't committed crimes, uh, but have been, that uh, have ended up in prison because of racial injustice. But those who have committed crimes, and then they spend years, decades, maybe a lifetime because they lost their mind. Mm. It's been shown, by the way, that mindfulness practice uh, decreases the refractory period. And maybe you've seen this in your own practice, where you get triggered and lost, but you may come back more quickly than you did when you started practice years ago i I often say this line that you know if you press the right button somewhere in this mind body system i can be uh feel like i'm back in the third grade just with unfairness and pettiness and judgment or paranoia and insecurity but one thing that has changed dramatically is that knock wood, thank the Dharma. I don't get lost for that long. You know, I mean, it it could have been weeks or months in my earlier days and carrying around guilt or carrying around shame or carrying around whatever I was carrying around. And that's one of the gifts of practice that when you know where home is and that and that you're more um, more of the time abiding in that place of connection and ease, the shift is so, so stark that there's a part of you that feels, wait a second, this isn't me. I've lost myself. And whether it's the next time you meditate or uh, speaking to a friend or getting some some space uh, you come back to yourself but even then when you come back to yourself you're still dealing with the shame that can often reverberate the residue of whatever you've done when you lost your mind and that's what I wanted to explore a bit tonight with you. First to realize that there's a price to pay for becoming more conscious. If you if you are thinking that oh once I really understand Uh, I'm going to reduce my stress. I'm going to open my heart and and love more. I'm going to be more compassionate. Um, All of those things do happen. But the other side of the coin is that you start to see all the ways that you're not those things. You start to see all the ways that you're not as conscious as you thought. And it's really humbling. So just to know, and you probably have seen this in your own in your own practice, there is a price to pay for becoming more aware. And that is you can't hide. You can't pretend that you don't see it. It's, you know, the old adage, ignorance is bliss well seeing is not bliss but it's a lot better than ignorance and that's what I want to uh, discuss that this takes courage to keep waking up Trungpa Rinpoche the the wonderful uh, Tibetan master Uh, had this line, he said, uh, the spiritual journey is fraught with perils and uh, dangers and um, can be a very long, difficult path. So be careful and think, think carefully before you embark on it. And then he says, but once started... It's best to finish. Because if you're stuck in the middle, there you are in no man's land, as the saying goes, where you see all the ways that you're unconscious, but you're still in the middle of all of your patterns. Mm. So here we get to this teaching that I love of Joseph's. The not seeing of dukkha is dukkha. And dukkha, probably most of you are aware that uh, the word dukkha, usually translated as suffering or unsatisfactoriness or unreliability, uh, stress, Every, any one of those, there's lots of different dimensions of dukkha. But if we don't see the dukkha, if we don't see the suffering, if we aren't either willing or able to see the suffering that we have caused or the suffering that we are causing ourselves, if we don't see it or live in denial and try to avoid seeing it the not seeing of dukkha is more dukkha because you are going to be doomed to repeat the same habits and so It's important to realize that uh, this is a process of not just opening up to the love, but being willing to open up to the whole show. All of the pettiness, all of the, uh, the loneliness, all of the judgments, all of the fears, all of the anger, all of the worry, all of the stuff that we'd rather not see. The practice demands that we, if we really want to go for waking up, it demands that we're willing to see it all, open to it all, Otherwise, we're going to be living in our uh, ignorance, which is ultimately not so blissful. There's that saying, um, I was trying to remember, it's something like, those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. And it's on a a societal level and it's on a personal level as well. One of my... uh, Inspiring teachers, Julia Butterfly Hill says, as long as we're learning, there are no mistakes. So that means that every time you get lost is another opportunity to wake up. And you might see stuff from quite a while ago and are amazed that you're still there oh my goodness, I thought I was past that one. Uh, But it kind of comes in layers. And the the way it seems that practice works is you're ready to see what you're ready to see. Mm. And those habits and patterns are so deep. So it's important to really understand when you see that they're just habits and patterns who's to blame? They're just there in the neural pathways of the brain and the body holding trauma. They're just there. Who's to blame? It's so freeing when you realize, oh, I just got lost. I just lost myself. And besides being willing to um, to open up and see what's there on a karmic level, I've always found that found this interesting. In a, a, a development of purification, it's better to do something unskillful and realize you're doing it than to do something unskillful and not be aware of it. Now, the first time I heard that, I said, well, that doesn't seem very fair. I mean, if you don't know, you know, how can you blame yourself? I just didn't know. And that's true, not to blame yourself if you didn't know. However, if you're really in the game to wake up, seeing it, knowing that you're doing something unskillful and then doing it and feeling the pain of it, which is going to be part of the process usually anyway, you are more likely at some point to want to change. But if you are completely in the dark, you are probably going to keep on repeating that unskillful habit, and there will be suffering that you cause others, which will come back to you, or which will be creating some negative karma, if you relate to that. Um, But if you see it, there's the possibility of waking up and changing. Maybe you have to see it for a hundred times or a thousand times. You probably know that feeling like, I can't believe I'm doing this again. If every time you see it and feel the pain of it, at some point, you might be motivated to do it a different way. I know that's certainly how it's worked with me. Mm. so the not seeing of dukkha is dukkha because if you see it there's a possibility of change and that's how we that's how we grow uh i love the story i might have shared it here recently uh so uh uh pardon me if if you've heard it uh recently but uh of the the master who uh, the this, this man uh, is looking for the, to find the wisdom in this master and he travels across the country and he, he sees him and he finally gets to see him and he says, oh, master, I've, I've heard that you're so wise. Tell me how you got so wise. And the master says, good judgment. And then he says, how did you get such good judgment? And he says, Experience. And how did you get so much experience? Bad judgment. That's how it works, that you you learn as long as you're learning. There's no mistakes. So it takes courage to be able to keep on waking up and seeing the whole show. And a corollary to this. Not seeing dukkha is is dukkha is Pema Chodron's great teaching, where she says, "Take delight in the awareness that sees the dukkha. Take delight that you're seeing it. Don't just focus on what you're seeing, but focus on, oh, and I'm waking up. I'm seeing it more clearly." Mm. and when you see it there's the possibility to come to some healing as as it says in the uh, self-compassion teachings you name it and you tame it you feel it and you heal it that it requires us to actually feel what is going on in there to be willing to touch those places of hurt until we do and as long as we're living in denial there's no um there's no processing that hurt i'm just remembering the first time i ever met um, ram das who i've mentioned m- many times here who's one of my two main teachers along with joseph goldstein um he had a kind of um opening gambit when when you in those days when you uh when you met him and uh i i mean i carried around be here now like a bible for like three years and i was finally getting to meet this person who had changed my life and i sit down and his line that he would say to people often he'd say tell me the most embarrassing thing that you don't want me to know about that was how it started right that was the opening line oh and he just wanted to get aw- get out of the way all the pretense of looking good and being spiritual and uh, and just show me what you're afraid that I'll see. Try, try that on a, on, a, on a new acquaintance or a friend. <laughs> uh, it's so powerful when you're there in front of somebody who you know is just wanting for you to wake up who is just there to help support your deepening consciousness. Okay, this is me. In fact, that's what hooked him on uh, hanging out with, with that guy, uh, Neem Karoli Baba, when he realized that, that Maharaji could read his mind and he'd have all of these awful thoughts, all of these... Lustful sexual thoughts and petty thoughts. And, and he'd, and then he'd, he'd indicate that he could read his mind. And then he'd say, Oh, if he sees that, he knows that too. And he still loves me. That's what we're, we're needing to do for ourselves to just still love ourselves, love the whole package in our humanness. So as we do open to our humanness, it's important to remember that forgiveness is a key to our healing, to see that we were out of our mind, so to speak, and we've come back to our senses. And I, I've mentioned this before when I, I had to go through a period of looking at all the unskillful things that i That i'd done on one meta retreat and i was i it was so hard to get through the the 10 days because it was one thing after another oh i can't believe i did that and i did that because it's very common that that happens on a loving kindness retreat and um at some point i realized oh all of this cringing is showing me i'm not that person anymore And it was such a revelation. Oh, I can't believe I did those things. Oh, I can't do them anymore. Thank goodness there's been some kind of change. So forgiveness for just those patterns, for your humanness, and the more you can bring that forgiveness to yourself, the more you have compassion for everybody else so being humbled can lead to either humiliation and shame and guilt or it can lead to true humility to see oh i'm just human they all come from the same root and the more you can see your own humanness the more you can forgive others So being humbled is actually a really good thing. Not as a steady diet. You don't want that to be how you go through life. But every now and then being humbled, this is a good thing. Hmm. And there's something else that is recommended in the teachings when you see your unskillfulness. And that is... um, Remembering the times that you have been skillful, remembering your good deeds. Let's see if
3: I can find that
0: here. I want to do a quote. Maybe I'll I can pull it up. Um there's there's a quote in um uh, in the Dhammapada where the Buddha talks about good deeds. Let me see if I can just pull it up real fast here. Um, and he says, uh, the smell of jasmine. Wait, I can just maybe pull it up right here because uh, I want to get it. Here it is. Mm-mm. The perfume of sandalwood, rose bay, or jasmine cannot travel against the wind, but the fragrance of virtue travels even against the wind as far as the ends of the world. Like garlands woven from a heap of flowers, fashioned from your life as many good deeds. And this is the the teaching to balance when you really are down on yourself, instead of just focusing on all the ways that you haven't measured up, think of all the good deeds that you've done. And you see, sometimes I do some dumb things and often I do some really good things. It's not one or the other, but the more good deeds that you do in the world, just because it feels good, the more your heart is at ease and free. And so to reflect on your good deeds, this is a a classic practice to reflect on your virtue as a way to balance out and see oh there's goodness in here or reflect on the friends who you have who you really respect who believe in you who know your goodness even when you don't it's often been a a a great source of comfort for me to reflect on some of the wonderful friends that i have my teaching colleagues and people who i respect so much and say oh they like me they're my friends they truly like my friendship i must be okay i'm not as rotten a person as as i think i am so this is another thing to to realize that there's goodness in you it's so easy to forget when uh when you're lost in uh in that rabbit hole so to see that this process of awakening is part of your uh, it requires for you to go through all the muck that's in there i'll just read this poem and then have us reflect for a few moments uh and then open it up this is from dana falls one of my my favorite dharma poets This is from the poem, Every Step is Holy. She says, the journey from the known to the unknown, from the unreal to the real, is rarely revealed in advance. The potholes, detours, false starts, and quick retreat are each honorable and even needed in the bigger scheme in the forest that can't be seen between the trees. It took years for me to realize that the very twists and turns and shadows I labeled problems were really sacred ground, grace disguised as obstacles, the whole path of pilgrimage, mysteries bearing themselves before me all along the way all the ways that we've fallen they are our practice so i just invite you now to uh, go inside if you'd like and just um, reflect with a compassionate heart with the quan yin inside of you doing the noticing What's hard for you to look at inside of you? What is there that you would rather turn away from? And if you can get in touch with it, hold it with deep compassion. Oh, this is part of my humanness. This is part of my history and habits and patterns. This is not my fault to blame myself. This is my doorway to awakening. This is my path to forgive the humanness inside. And as you just touch on it, now remember your goodness. Remember your good deeds that you've fashioned like a garland. Remember your kindness towards others, your caring. Recall random acts of kindness that come out of you spontaneously. Bring to mind the people who love you, who believe in you, who know your goodness, even when you forget. And realize you're on a a journey of awakening. And that the not seeing of Dukkha is Dukkha. But the willingness to open up to your humanity is the very thing that deepens your compassion and wisdom time for some conversation. Um, anything that comes up from the talk or uh, that's going on in your practice that you'd like to bring up and you can use the reactions icon on the bottom and raise your hand or um, might be on your participants icon. And you can just unmute yourself if you'd like. That'll bring you up.
1: Charlie, James. Charlie has his hand raised.
0: Oh, Charlie. Huh, I didn't see it. OK. Hi, Charlie. Charlie. Hi. Hi,
4: James. Thanks, Eve. Oh. I'm just going to say something real quick. Um, and that is, a while back it dawned on me that think of the word see, like right now I see you, and now think of not see, not see, like the word Nazi, you huh. know, bad, bad people, bad Nazis, not see, not see. Mm-hmm. What did they not see? They did not see love, they did mm-hmm. not see light in Mm -hmm. the in the good Mm -hmm. good people that they killed um and tortured and and were so bad to that's all and and thank you so much for for all the good you do i mean Mm -hmm. you know you said more good stuff tonight (laughs) is this recorded can i can i hear this again yeah it'll be recorded
0: we'll post it on dharma seed
4: I've been watching, listening to this stuff uh, with you for a while, and, and I'm in the Awakening Joy class. Oh, nice! You just yeah. hit it out of the park. So good tonight. This is one of your best ever. Thank you so uh, much, and Eve, uh, you're
0: wonderful. Too. Thank you. <laughs> thanks, thanks. That's a, that's a uh, it's an interesting way to hold it. That not seeing. It's not seeing. That's it's it's ignorance in the in the Buddhist sense not not seeing and being lost in confusion and greed hatred and delusion yeah thank you anyone else you can bring up anything about practices as, as well James yes uh,
3: so oh hi Joe hi so, this is an interesting experience that I had. Um, to understand it, um, I had a bird that lived with me for almost 28 years. Mm. We raised him from an egg. And he injured himself, and I was nursing him back to health. And just as I thought that we maybe had turned the corner, I mean, you have to realize that he's already lived twice a normal bird's life, um, and just as as I thought we were turning the corner, he drowned in his water dish for some reason, mm. and I was shocked, and, and in many senses, you know, all my practice was out the window. Um, I yelled at the top of my voice, "No, no!" and um, and then I sort of realized that I was going a little berserk, shall we say? I mean, I was going berserk. Let's not minimize it. I was just screaming. And, and so I, I I did what um, I've, I've done recently. I sort of went into the same place in awareness that I have when I'm in concentration. Mm-hmm. And... And and it was it was just the strangest thing, James. Because, um, my awareness was there, and and my mind, my my thinking mind, mm-hmm. was, um, off track. It, it was just it was out. Of, it was um. It, it was out of out of operation. You lost your mind. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. And. And the thought came to this is the thought that came to me, It was, I need my mind to be able to think. Because I had my awareness,
4: mm-hmm. but I
3: couldn't think.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And I have no idea. My, my guess, if I had been put in an fMRI at that point, they would have seen just this incredible storm going on, mm-hmm. you know, in my brain. Got it. And... What I found interesting in all this was that my awareness was still there and unperturbed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um yeah. and and I saw that without judgment. And also the fact that I could realize that I was sort of off the rails and go mm-hmm. to my awareness. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's that's it's an interesting one, isn't it? I, I, I used I, to it, it, it,
3: are are you finished? I, I, Is there more? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I guess I just want to say that um, it's just it's just amazing that that our awareness can be there and can sort of look mm-hmm. around and actually yeah. see yeah. see what's going on. You can actually yes. look look up there and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah.
0: Absolutely. I used to think. I, uh, I, I thought about when I was a, a kid uh, being scolded. Uh, sometimes, I don't know if you've ever had this experience. Just watching this scene of being scolded and being up on the ceiling, watching myself, watching this whole thing happening. And you know, when I thought about it, I said, "Well, is that dissociating? Is that kind of uh, have I is in?" Have I gone off the the rails? But in a way, what we're doing is is somehow having that bird's eye view of seeing ourselves l- lose it. There can be an awareness that's viewing the whole thing and saying, oh, wow, look at that scene. So, yeah, I think that's more and more we, we get in touch with that bird's eye view that can watch ourselves making fools of ourselves or doing dumb things or whatever. And there's compassion there when we just see it's just, it's just habits. So thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. I, I know, uh, we have to, we have to go maybe Eve. Go ahead. Uh, you can, you can give us the okay last one.
1: So this is a a sung dedication of merit. So the understanding is that we generate good energy in gatherings like this, and we offer it out for the benefit of all beings everywhere.
2: Fruits of peace with hearts of goodness, luminous. and to joy. May kindness find reward. May all who sorrow leave our grief and pain. May this boundless light meet the darkness of our secret night. Because our hearts are one, this world of pain turns into paradise. May all become compassionate and wise, May all become compassionate and
0: our coming here together be for the benefit of all beings everywhere on the planet mm.
3: thank you for listening